The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. What a week. What a week what it has a, been. What a fucking week. Chris man. Chris and I have uh, been killing it over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. Busy week. Yeah. Busy, busy week. week. Lot of lot of stuff going on. Uh, ag you know, tuning's been big. Ford tuning's been you big. You know what the biggest week for this week has been for me? What? Podcast listeners calling in, asking questions, gaining knowledge. This is totally 100% true. You know what? guys keep it coming i love it message us on facebook if you'd like shoot us emails give us calls that's fine honestly keep it coming chris is now officially handling facebook contact so if you shoot us a message you will get a reply back from chris emke (laughs) i am at some point i am getting better guys you know um i'm working it in my daily regimen yeah speaking of facebook i actually had adam shastrom adam Give me a call the other day because he's a podcast listener. Badass. I love those. Actually, what was really cool is Adam told me that he had a plan for building his truck. And then after listening to all of our episodes, he totally threw that plan out the window and decided he was going to do it a different way. Shut up. No, I swear to God. What kind of truck? What are we playing with here? Oh, we got a cum dog. Okay. Oh, we got a cum dog. Um, All right. It's a 5.9. It's actually, it's like really close to your old truck. Okay. Except I know it's not a regular cab. All right. Uh, the one thing him and I talked about, and, and Adam, I'm going to have a, we're going to bring you up again in our from Facebook. But uh, for right now, what I wanted to hone in on is he had built his transmission before listening to the podcast. Okay. And everybody told him, you got to build your transmission. Right. Right. So he's got a 48. It's constantly failing. He's blowing nice. it up. It's it's all the usual bullshit. Yeah. It's a slush box, whatever, right? Pre-2010 problems. Yes. Yeah. He builds it, and uh, it basically becomes a giant sledgehammer under his ass. Nice. Right? And he had no idea that this was going to... He's like, oh, I'll build it, and then this thing will be great for towing. Yeah. Not like, oh, I'll build it, and then this thing will fucking suck to drive. Right, right. So talk a little bit about that, Chris. Why, why does that happen? And what can people do to avoid that? I mean, 40, 47s and 48s are a little bit of a different demographic compared to the other transmissions. Right. Um, can you have a smooth shifting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, built we, 48? I mean, you got to understand characteristics of the transmissions. They are very quick, snappy, shifting transmissions. Um, depending on the valve body that you go with, there's some trans builders that do more of like a quote-unquote towing valve body versus like a, a high pressure or even like, in my experience, constant pressures, which we'll dive into here in a couple. Um, but that's going to play a big role. You know, that, the converter, these are all big, big key aspects. When I had my constant pressure, now that was in a two-wheel drive regular cab, Yeah, that thing shifted you fucking felt it. Like, <laughs> the back end would, would move around like that. That truck, it was rowdy to say the least. Okay. Um, how come, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this correctly. All right. Great reliability, but okay. sucks to drive, depending on how you set it up. And a lot of that you said has to do with kind of the valve body and how that is set. Yeah. I mean, and then what converter you, you run with it as well? Yeah, I mean, when, when we do our, our stuff over at the shop, uh, even me beforehand, we've always I've always dealt with Garand for, like, the torque converters. Mm-hmm. Um, our rebuild kits, you know, we've used a couple other vendors, trying different things, seeing what works. Uh, I think we have a secret sauce, a good recipe now for building transmissions for our customers. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, 48s, 47s and 48s, to anyone who has a built trans... If you're looking for a driver, uh, 
probably buy a Ford or a Duramax. Uh, if you're looking for a, a hopped-up truck and you want it to go fast, then, you know, on the cheap, you know, I think that uh, dealing with a 48 or a 47 build goes a long way. I just want to pull this little segment out that Adam sent me. Hard shifts, rough ride, loud drone, hashtag Dodge problems. That is, <laughs> that is Cummins in a nutshell. Like, you know, me and Nick were talking about this the other day. And, you know, if you want to build power on a budget, I don't think anyone in the diesel industry can deny that, you know, the, the 5.9 is a, is a good platform to work off of. Sure. Um, once you get out of your late teens, early 20s, like myself, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be eclipsing 28 soon, um, you know, uh, the nice... 6.7 Power Stroke, 6.6 Duramax, LMLs. You have a, a, a much appreciated, um, you appreciate it more. Yeah, know? so I kind of feel like when they used to build trucks, it was to be a truck, and like yeah. the, it was understanding that that that's, demographic didn't care about hard shifts and Dodge still banging around and Dodge bouncing around Dodge still hasn't figured that and, shit out. You right. know? Like, now guys are day. starting to try to be like, hey, yep. you also would like to be comfortable, or you probably also own a car. This isn't your only vehicle. Yeah, Maybe right. you want your truck to drive as nice as your car does, yeah. and like the newer vehicles, that's possible. And, and Fords, man. Fords, that's a home run. Like You get into a newer Ford, Like I don't want to give it back. Like I kind of want to buy one. You're almost blushing right now. I am. You kind of have them. a crush on the new Ford. I huh? do. I do, man. I don't care if it's an 11, 12, you know, 15, 16, you know, even the 17s I like. They drive so fucking nice. Yeah. They do. I, I never, I'm, ever thought I would say that. I'm, I'm like so instinctually wanting to make fun of you for saying something good about Ford, but yeah. it's really hard. No, I, to be honest, the new 6.7s are good. And actually, that's what today's episode is about. Uh, in a few minutes here, we're going to be talking about the transmissions and yep. the 6R140, and we have an expert on today to uh, dive into that with us. Real quick, though, I do want to give a shout out. Obviously, if you're looking for pretty much anything for your truck, uh, whether it is a Ford, a Duramax, or a Cummins, of course, you could check out Alligator Performance. Yeah. They uh, one-stop shop, right? Absolutely. Extremely knowledgeable staff, a very helpful group of guys who are going to be able to listen to what your problems are and help you find a real solution, not just cram parts into the shopping cart. You know cart. what's really cool with them is, you know, like for our niche market, we're in a specialized, you know, we Duramax, Cummins, Common Rail fuel systems. You have a 12-valve, 24-valve, Common Rail, Cummins, 7.3, uh, you know, Huey injection systems, 6 liters, you know, and then the newer 6.4s, 6.7s. Six you can go there. Absolutely. You know, Chevys, you know, I don't know if they get into the six fives and the six twos much. So sorry, guys. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of them to get into out there anymore. <laughs> I know my six five yeah. spent more time on the rack than the road, but uh, I'm sure somebody else out there will yeah. still tell you that they're reliable and have enough power. Yeah, they have a couple, uh, a few less brain cells than them. <laughs> Once we get up into the newer trucks, though, we're always talking about common rail injection. Of course, for all of your common rail injection needs, you're going to talk to Exergy. Exergy Performance. Exergy is sponsoring a new segment with our show, Do's and Don'ts from Exergy. What do you do, Paul? Uh, I have a great do for you, and that is do regularly. Do regular? <laughs> do regular maintenance with your fuel filters. Regularly. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Having a hard time phrasing that one, guys. Bear with me. It's Friday. Uh, um, Radio Rich is just staring at you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, do regularly go through and do, do maintenance with your right. fuel filters. Uh, this is one of those key components that I think guys easily overlook. I know we get a lot of questions at work, Chris, about, like, how often should I change my fuel filter? Right. You want to know the other question I get a lot? I bought a modified pump and I want to modify it. Yes. I, 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 I go and I, I say, what the fuck are you talking about? So 
what do they? What does Extra G talk about when they? You know, what, what do you want to do there? Don't modify your modified pump. Because Actually, just to be honest, don't modify any Extra G pump, even if it's a sportsman. Right. Do not put a bag of parts in I mean, it. It will void your warranty. And, and they kind of modify the pump per your request for what you want to do. You call them or you call us and you say, "This is what I want to do with the truck. We're going to spec out the proper pump." Right. It, it's a turnkey thing. You drop it in and just go. That's it. They, don't don't fuck with it. That's it. And for all of you guys with modified injector trucks who have been buying parts from Alligator Performance, you don't want to miss out on a set of traction bars. Boom. Boom. WC Fab. Mic drop. They don't. Can nobody, I drop this? Nobody does it better. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. No. I like that. Nobody does it better. No, no one's going to do a better job um, than Jason and the crew over at WC Fab when it comes to pretty much anything fabricated-wise, in my opinion. But their traction bars are, bar none, one of the best out there. Absolutely correct. Uh, TIG welded, grade 8 hardware. Johnny Joints? Johnny Joints, lifetime warranty. (laughs) Name another shop out there that's going to warranty a product for life. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. And they have, what, thousands of powder coating colors to choose from? You can get into a brand new Ford Platy, right? Maroon. You can get color-matched maroon traction bars. (laughs) Call it a day. Like... Guys, I like black leather. I'm just saying. You know, I think I think I'm onto something here. I think I'm gonna sell a race car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and go with a maroon platinum Ford yeah. with maroon traction bars. I mean, maroon or white, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> those are the colors. At any rate, uh, yeah, definitely, guys. Check out Exergy Alligator WC Fab sponsors of Diesel Performance Podcast, and thank, thank you, you so much to them yeah. for today. Finally, we get our goddamn expert on the phone. And hold on, there's a request here. Do it. Lee Stilts wanted me to introduce him as the Morgan Prim. Ooh, ooh, that's a big shout out. How the hell's it going, Morgan? How are you guys doing today? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great, man. We're doing great. Uh, Morgan, we brought you on because I started digging around. We wanted to do an episode around the 6R140. Obviously, we work with you guys over there at Midwest. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I started to reach out to my guys that I know to be big in the trans world. Uh, and two different people said, <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I mess around with a lot of transmissions, but that 6R140, you should probably talk to Morgan Prim. He's the guy who knows the most. And we do business with you, and we didn't think to contact you first, so you came <laughs> highly recommended. Why, thanks for the talk for us. Oh, sorry, man. Hey, you know what? We're rookies. We're rookies, all right? We're learning from our mistakes. It won't happen again. That's it. That's it. Okay, Morgan, um, give us a quick intro, man. What is your background in diesel performance? Well, um, I started out, you know, just like everyone with a diesel truck. Uh, I worked for Caterpillar, um, built engines, uh, dynoed engines, uh, did a little bit of everything for for Cat, Cat Defense, several different things there. And, of course, on the side, you know, diesel's performance, you know, horsepower, everything. Everything like that was uh, what interested me and, and took me to where I'm at now. Uh, but, you know, that's, I've always, uh, kind of been a Ford guy at heart. I know that's, uh, you know, uh, hard for some people to admit, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a Ford guy. So with that purse, I've been, uh, trying to figure out how to make Fords better than, uh, <laughs> the Dodges and GMs for a long time. It's, uh, it's an uphill battle, but we're doing all right at it. I dig it. Well, you guys finally got a platform to work from now that you can compete with. Uh, to be honest with you, all of our testing here, I've been very impressed with these new transmissions. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the 6.7 platform are, in general. Uh, extremely stout in factory form. Mm. So give us a little breakdown. What what goes into a, a stock 6R140? Why, why is it so stout? 
when Ford built the 6R140, they originally built this as a multi-purpose transmission. They currently use it in everything from the F-250s all the way to the F-750s. Whoa. So realistically, it shares uh, more of a medium-duty uh, lineage there to handle, you know, they, they actually literally put these in trucks and delivery trucks and, and semis, single-axle semis, that, you know, haul trailers, you know, 70,000 pounds down the interstate. So it, it's a pretty cool platform. Uh, they build it with uh, the ability to go much further than just a pickup truck transmission okay. when they did so. Now, the, the platform uh, itself from the F-250 up through a F-750, you said, uh, the torque converter, the internal shafts, clutch packs, all that, that, that all shares the same similarities across the board? Very similar. Okay. Uh, we do know that there are some differences in uh, between the gas 6R140s, the pickup truck diesel 6R140s, and the uh, F650, 750, the commercial 6R140s. There are some differences. Uh, clutch pack counts, uh, actually the planetary counts, some of that stuff is changed between the two, and, and we do... Uh, use some different parts from different things depending on the, the build and, and what it's used for. Okay. Uh, we could actually spec it with, uh, for instance, a F650-750 uh, planetary set that actually goes from a, the gas is a three-pinion, the diesel pickup truck is a four-pinion, and then we go up to a six-pinion. <coughs> okay. So there's all kinds of cool things there. Now, as well. now, as far as, you know, we'll be more specific to the pickup trucks, I guess, because that's what the majority of the Correct. listeners and what I'm sure you deal with and what we're going to be dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, walk us through the 2011 to the 2017s. Are there a lot of differences? Are there uh, some uh, similarities? Like, what's the breakdown there? So as we build them, um, we build them all the same, okay. regardless of what core we get them in. The 11 through 14s are basically the same with zero differences. Um, they did change the torque converter from the 11s and early 12s to the mid-year mid 12 all the way on up. They went from an 8-volt torque converter to a 6-volt, and they changed the uh, a little bit internally because they had some shuttering issues with the early ones under heavy load. They would kind of almost shudder, uh, okay. so they loosened them up. And then 15 and newer the torque converter is even looser for the GT37 versus the GT32 turbo. Right. They gave it a little more stall. Um, internally, the 15 and 16s, uh, since Ford was having such an awesome track record and no warranty claims, they decided it was a good idea to make them a little cheaper and take some clutch counts out of them. And while that probably saved them, you know, a fair amount of money, uh, it, it, it does lower the amount of abuse they will take in the 15 and newer transmissions really that's crazy uh yes so so no go, go ahead. ahead no I, continue i didn't want to interrupt you <laughs> yeah the, the 11 to 14s i mean we've seen those things uh i've i have literally tuned some trucks with stock transmissions crew cab short beds in the 11s oh no shit it's unreal 
that was going to be um, my next question is, you know, what kind of power are these transmissions like in factory form? I mean, we're talking 11s and 12s. You're probably talking some 100, 150,000 mile trucks. You know, you get into the newer trucks, less mileage, of course. But what kind of power? And again, it's a stock form. But on average, are you expecting to, to see uh, harness through the trans? Well, in general, uh, we all know there's uh, lots of things that can lead to the failure of the transmission, right. tuning, uh, abuse, how you drive it, how you maintain it. But in general terms, uh, we've seen the 11 through 14s uh, be very, very reliable uh, up to and around six to 650. That's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, the LMLs, you know, the Allison 1000, we'll see them hold 600, but we always tell guys it's not going to be for long, right? right? Like, you're going to end up eating up a converter at some point. Right. Um, But you're saying that these things, like, and this is what I keep hearing about them, is that they can just take all of this power and they're they're staying together. When they do fail in the 11 to 14s in their stock form, what's most likely to go out first? The the smallest clutch in the transmission is uh, what they call the E-clutch. Uh, there, there's all kinds of different technical descriptions, but we generally call it the E-clutch. Uh, that is the engaged clutch in the 3-4 shift and the hold clutch for the 5-6. So when it does that, 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 that transfers, you know, from third to fourth gear, you release your forward clutch. It engages that, what they call the E-clutch or the overdrive clutch. Um, that clutch there is the smallest in diameter and the highest count in factory form. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's similar to the small clutch in Allison. I can't remember uh, which C clutch that was. The C three. We're talking a count of you know seven frictions on gen- on average, uh, just in that one clutch pack when we're normally at five to six on all the rest of them. So it takes the most abuse. It's the smallest, and, you know, it transfers the most horsepower in the high gears, so it's usually the one to go first. Okay. Now, how about the 15-16s? What do you see failure points there? So they took the two of the biggest clutches, diameter clutches, um, surface area-wise, which would be the intermediate and the direct clutches, and uh, they went ahead and did some cool, or sorry, intermediate and the forward clutch. Direct is also the same size, but they left it the same factory clutch count. They took forward and intermediate from a six count, or they, they basically they took one clutch count out. Now, depending on what year and if it's a gas line, they are all different. But 15 and newer, they took one clutch out of the direct and one clutch Forward and intermediate, sorry, I, I keep getting those confused. The direct is the same. Forward and intermediate clutches, they removed one count from each one of those. Uh, now they all share direct, forward, and intermediate are all similar size. Um, but what we see on the 15 and 16s when they come in, most of the time we will see that that intermediate or forward uh, slipped because it has a lower clutch count and, and the holding capacity is just not there. Okay. So that, that then goes from the 11 to 14s. Most customers complain of a flare on the 3-4 shift because that that is your weakest point. Now we'll get a 4-5 flare or a lot of times a 2-3 um, 
because it's a different clutch pack, most generally the intermediate that's taking the abuse and it has the least holding capacity in the transmission on the 15 and newers. When you're seeing the flares or when you're getting the complaints about them um, tying up and things like that, and you're starting to get the problems and you're bringing these cores in and you're, you're inspecting them, is it burning up the clutches? Like, are, are you getting... Absolutely. Oh, really? It is smoking them out. Oh, yeah. And so, honestly, it's, it's pretty amazing because they actually have the ability, and we see these transmissions come in with literally a whole stack of steels in there because there is no friction material left on them. Oh, my and God. It's pretty impressive the fact that they still drive. <laughs> Holy shit. And they will, they will give you a little chirp or a squealing sound on that shift uh, engagement. But then once it engages and grabs, it'll hold. You go pull that transmission out, pull it apart, and there's literally no friction left on there. And for who knows how long it's been doing that. So, uh, you know... I remember in previous model years and, and other diesels that I've had, you know, we get to the point where the truck just quits moving. Yeah. Six, sevens, they still drive. It's crazy. <laughs> but they just, uh, they start flaring and doing funky stuff and squealing and chirping and squawking. And that's, uh, if, if you hear that, you're already too late. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I, I guess let's dive into, you know, a, a customer comes to you, he says he wants to make, you well, let's say, what, 650, 700 horse? I don't yeah. know. Take it past the stock limit, yeah, 700 horsepower. I'm sure, like, yeah. with us in the Allison stuff, we have, like, a like oh, uh, 700 capable. We have a 1,000 horse capable. We really offer two transmissions. So walk us through the different, uh, you know, options that you have in a trans build and, and what you uh, tend to do for those. So basically what we have, we're very similar. I, I In my line of thinking, you either have, you know, a basic bolt-on, simple truck, or you're going for more than that, and there's really only two ways to build the transmission. So we offer what we call our street transmission, um, which we rate, you know, basically single pump stock injector horsepower levels. So in that 650 range, uh, we upgrade the lower clutch 15 and 16s to the higher clutch counts. We add to the E-clutch on all the street trans, whether it's an 11 to 14 core, a 15 and newer core, they all come out with the same clutch count when we're done. Um, everything's machine inspect out the same. We do that, and, and basically that's, you know, if you have the bolt-on and maybe an upgraded drop-in charger, a small non-VGT stock fuel, a nice, a nice happy, healthy 650-horse truck, and, you know, it whether it's a 15 or 16, you already grenaded your trans, or, you know, you finally beat on your 11 to 14 trans long enough, it's giving you fits, you're going to be able to put that street trans in, and it's going to live its happy, long, uh, two-year, 100,000-mile warranty, pretty much trouble-free, no issue with the street trans. And then, basically, we offer, for everybody past that, <laughs> is uh, what we call our competition 6R140. That transmission has added frictions and steels in every clutch across the whole board other than your low reverse because, well, those aren't really necessary uh, in normal use. So we, uh, we take and do a lot more extensive machining to all of the drums, uh, the cages, the reaction plates, the pistons. There's a lot more machining in a comp trans to get to that point. And we also spec out our own steels and frictions and 
actually buy, you know, our frictions and stuff. Bulk from Raybestos, everything comes with uh, GPZ frictions, um, healing steels, everything's it's good quality parts in there with either the street or the comp, the comp just being built to a higher capacity. And the only other option we do offer with that now with TCS coming out with the the new billet intermediate shaft, the one the one part that we do see break internally in these, and not very often, mind you. Um, we've got trucks in the tens with zero billet parts, but we now do offer uh, our comp plus the billet intermediate shaft as well. We call it a comp one. But uh, now that's just you got to be doing some pretty serious uh, work to need one of those. Now that's just a billet intermediate, so your input and output are still stock shafts, correct? Bone stock, and uh, believe me, um, if I could lay one of these out on a table next to, say, a five R one ten, any Allison, we're not just, even going to bring it up makes dodges. The internal workings <laughs> just look tiny. <laughs> I love how we were talking about, you know, stock input shafts or, you know, intermediates or whatever. You know, it's always talking about the Ford and the Allison. You never once bring up the Dodge shit because it is so flimsy. Everybody knows <laughs> it's garbage. Yeah. There's not even a comparison. There, there really It's two shafts to one at right. that point, you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so it's. Well, I mean, go ahead. We were actually uh, on uh, one of the forums earlier. We were pointing out the differences between the different. Uh, for our 5R input shafts, the, the miraging and the air mats and all the exotic materials, and I just had to post in there. I said, and, and the thing that gets me is we got stock input shafts on 6R140s holding all the same amount of power. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it truly is amazing the the difference in the way they're built, the size, the, the, the mass, the physical mass of the planetaries and, and the and the, the gears and shafts and everything inside of these 6R140s is, is uh, I mean, it, it's literally, uh, in most ways and shapes, almost doubles uh, the internal workings of a 5R110. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive for a stock, stock transmission. What do you think is the, your, your guys' like suggested limit for horsepower on the comp, on the, on the 6R140 competition? I uh, don't put a limit on there, and I say if you break it, um, and you can break it because of power, not abuse or crappy tuning, uh, I will make it better. So I've got a couple people that are trying to take me up on that challenge. Um, (laughs) And right now, I mean, we're, I've got a couple different guys, uh, triples, big compounds, you know, um, and we've done a couple revisions for a few of them. None of them are really mainly for hard parts. It's just trying to get clutch capacity and engagement, quick shift engagement um, to hold the power. You know, nobody's just shredding one of these. Uh, you know, even in that 12, 13, 1500 horsepower, you know, 2000 plus foot pound trucks, it's amazing that they, they go this far, but, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're pretty impressed with it. The, the biggest limitation we're seeing right now is the e-clutch. Just because of the diameter and the physical limitations, we're going to have to get to a point where we can actually uh, make some uh, modified drums uh, 
oversized so we can get more capacity in there. But for the most part, it's uh, with what we're doing, we have very few people that can actually uh, tackle a comp trans and have to give me a reason to do something different to it. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, it's a home run to want to inquire one of those transmissions when you're like, yeah, I like to have fun too. You break it and it's because you're making power and having fun with it. We'll work with yeah. you. You know, that's, that's everything. <laughs> you know, not many companies oh, are absolutely. like that these days. Well, I mean, it gives us a reason to do something better. Absolutely. And, and, and it gives everybody a reason to move forward and, and push the envelope. And I, I enjoy that, you know, because if somebody's, if somebody's really, truly trying to, to push, push this platform and, and push that far, I want to give them something that they can back it with. And not have to swap a 48 in it, for the love of God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that brings up a, a good question, right? Is the 48's always been popular in high-horsepower competitions? Yeah, it hits like a sledgehammer, but when you build them, they hold together and they do shift really fast. You're getting down the track without mm-hmm. having to go into six gear. Yeah, you're, you're holding gear in a sled pull. Like there, there are some benefits to these built 48s. How does the, how how does does the 6R140 compare? compare in that aspect of like going down the track? So the cool thing, and, and it's like in the regular cab that I had uh, when we were playing around with it at the track, we didn't launch in first gear. First gear is way too low. Um, so it was a second gear through transmission. So in all reality, we'd do a two, three, three, four, four, five shift and done. Um, that six gear and a quarter mile was pretty much not needed. Um, and an eighth mile, it wasn't needed at all. So there, there is, there's a, there's a point where it's not really so much as a, uh, a hamper to have six gears when you have the ability to use them through tuning selectively uh, via second gear start. And the fact that the top two gears are overdrive, so a single overdrive or a double overdrive, that six gear, for the most part, unless you're really uh, running a deep gear at the track, is not necessary. Right. You know, um, a 355 or a 331 truck doesn't need that second overdrive uh, out the back of the drag strip, you know, unless you're, unless you're pushing some ridiculously... <laughs> high mile per hour which you know we're not seeing yet so yeah 140 still a cap huh oh no i'm sorry uh, that I was think, the six four yeah that was six four not my bad i think we've uh i know personally i've run a i ran 130 in my regular cab wow. down at gateway and that was in a seven thousand pound truck so Jesus. i've got a, another guy in texas running one he's got a little more weight out of his i know he's getting up there breaking through the 130s running mid tens with his you know and he sent it back after two years we pulled it apart just to freshen it you know he had no complaints but he wanted to before the season starts he wanted to look it over and we pulled it apart went ahead and updated a few clutches to the different stuff that we're doing now but other than that everything looked good i uh I took some pictures and sent to him, and I said, well, uh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. How about how about any problems in stock form? So if I have a stock trans, you said I could eat up some of these clutches. If I'm starting to think that I'm having these problems, how do I diagnose it? What do I go look at? So here's what, uh, here's what the most common problems with the 6R140. The earlier trucks, the 11 and 12s, had uh, valve body issues. And, of course, you know, you're going to see those issues in the earlier trucks because they now have the most miles in them. 
you know, you're going to get a truck with 150,000 miles. It's got a what they call delayed engagement. You'll put it in gear, and you can count to two before it finally starts to do anything, or you'll start to have shift flares. And what that comes down to is they have the updated valve body. You'll go to Ford, get the new valve body, put it in, change your fluid, program it, and usually that takes care of most of those issues. Um, and the other thing, and, and we can't preach that enough with any transmission, I know you guys will back me on this, and it's good tuning. <laughs> I mean, in bone stock form, you can't really hurt these transmissions other than a failing valve body or something mechanically not right inside the transmission. But as far as preventative maintenance, anything past a stock truck, good tuning and, you know, make sure that the uh, fluid and filter and everything is serviced properly and they're 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 about as good as you can get in stock form as far as I'm concerned. Do these have an external spin-on filter? No, they do not. Uh, they have an in-pan filter. Um, and we still haven't reached that, uh, <laughs> that level of, of serviceability yet, but maybe someday. <laughs> uh, but they, they do, I, I personally recommend, I mean, I know people don't ever pay attention to their transmissions or, or care until they're out, but I do recommend every 50,000 miles changing the fluid and filters and uh, using the factory spec Mercon uh, synthetic fluid that they recommend. Oh, that was literally uh, my next throw, question. Yeah, if you go throw some crappy uh, auto store, uh, farm store ATS in there, you're <laughs> you're going to be in for a rude awakening on a cold day when you start that up and try to drive somewhere. It's just not not uh, not going to be happy. What do you mean, man? I just spent fifty thousand on the truck. Let me cut a corner on fluid. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy call exactly. me today. That's like the guy who never serviced it for one hundred and twenty thousand hey, miles. Exactly. And what transmission well so i had a guy today call me and ask like hey i'm i'm at o'reilly's do i really need to buy the most expensive synthetic automatic transmission fluid or can i buy the cheapest synthetic automatic transmission fluid and i'm like are you asking me if the cheapest is as good as the most expensive and like he just stopped he's like i'll call you back (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. you run into those man i call them special breeds that is that's that like is. the guy when they add a lift pump onto a truck, and they're like, oh, I'm going to delete the, the factory fuel filter. Well, you know, if it's a stock truck, you're driving a lot, maybe leave it on there and help, you know? I, I just thinking of both sides here, you know? It's, I don't want to spend 40 bucks on another yeah. stock filter. Well, then why'd you buy the truck? Right. You know? Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing on these. So you said every 50000 doing, like, draining the fluid, changing the filters, putting new fluid in. Do you actually suggest, like, going and doing the trans flush or just a drain and replace? No. Personally, I would do I would do a drain filter swap and refill and leave it at that. Um, now, one thing I will say, just from experience and seeing different brands, the Motorcraft transmission filter, uh, the media inside that pan filter is heads and tails uh, better than any aftermarket one I've seen to date. That doesn't mean there isn't one out there, but it means I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> you know, it may be five dollars more than the one you get at the parts store. But, uh, you know, in all reality, that's something that you're already going to be, you know, going in deep changing your transmission fluid and filter, uh, five extra dollars or whatever to get a genuine OE motorcraft filter. Uh, and honestly, if you're not buying the motorcraft spec, you know, uh, Mercon trans fluid, the stuff you're going to get 
that surpasses that grade is going to be more expensive anyway. Right. So the cheapest oil I would put in it at that point is the Mercon uh, transmission fluid that they that they spec out. So you know it's it's kind of at that point realistically. I know it sounds cliche, but the OEM stuff in that in that regards is pretty hard to beat. And price wise, anything you're going to get cheaper is going to be worse. And you know anything else that's actually adequate or better is probably going to cost more. So, uh, and, you know, that goes for <laughs> about with anything, but, you know, that's where, uh, one thing I wouldn't skimp on. Well, it's, it's funny when you hear guys in the aftermarket world recommending the factory spec stuff, right? Because I mean, literally all of our businesses are built off of the factory didn't do it right. We can do it better. Yeah. Better than factory. But, but yeah, no, I like that. Unfortunately, like, most parts houses are built on, let's see if we can sell it cheaper than factory and take their business. <laughs> which really I like oh, that. O'Reilly's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Auto parts. <laughs> we should get them as a sponsor on the show. I love it, Paul. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they would love to hear us bash on them. Um, is that four-wheel drive? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Two door or four door? I need oil. What the fuck does that matter? Okay, so so these transmissions they're they're stout in their stock form and in their built form they're damn near indestructible at least on on what we've seen so far. What, do you think in the future we'll start seeing like guys swapping six R one forties into other platforms? Like, will this be a good swap, or is there a lot of electronics that require it to stay in the Ford platform? Well, so so here's what we're going to look at. Um, you know, we, we already have, and, and it's it's been done before, the 6.7 brought into a standalone ECM. And that's cool because, uh, you know, that allows us to move that engine from platform to platform, uh, especially in competition stuff where we want to put them in a pulling truck or something of that nature. Now, I actually have a 6.7 pulling truck that has a 6R140 in it, and currently, because of the limitations of the factory TCM and what it allows me to do, you have issues with uh, shifting. Uh, th- these these transmissions really want to protect themselves, and they're good at it. Um, so, you know, when you want to, you know, go down the track and hold the same gear for, you know, 16, 18 seconds straight at wide open throttle, they like to say, no, it's time to shift something's not right. Or So anyway, uh, we've come down to where we manually control them. That's great for a pulling truck, uh, and it does work. I mean, they, they will hold the gear, and, and they are, at this point, doing well. But we are trying to, and I've been back and forth on the phone uh, with a couple companies, what we are trying to do is get a program written and get a base calibration setup so we can offer a standalone TCM, you know, through somebody like PCS. So that way it could be put behind other platforms and or it could be put behind a 6.7 standalone in some other vehicle. If somebody wants to retrofit it into an antique truck or, or put it in a car or just anything cool like that, I think the 6R140 would be that that awesome transmission that somebody could even find a nice used one that's stock and throw it in there and have fun and not have to go buy something outrageously expensive. Uh, As long as we can get the controller set up and dialed in, it would be pretty cool to offer a, you know, six-speed automatic for 
those types of things, and then as well as maybe retrofitting them behind some of the older diesels, you know, uh, because they're they're a pretty nice shifting, uh, very stout transmission, and, you know, there's a lot of positives to go along with that. Sure. I mean, at the top of the show, we were talking about a built 48 and like how when you build them, they're awesome and they do great in competition and, and guys put them behind Duramaxes to drag race and shit like this. And uh, but but they suck to daily drive. Like that was the big complaint. That's actually right. the guy from from Facebook. He called in like, did you know this? Like, did you know that these built transmissions fucking suck every day in your truck? Like, it's awful. Uh, what I've been impressed by is the six R140s I've gotten to drive. They're so smooth shifting. And, I'm sold on that, for and, sure. And to hear that they hold the power and to hear that they have more capacity than what we've been pushing them to is really, really exciting for me because I am used to built transmissions feeling like built transmissions. There's that that certain amount of like experience we have with them where we know it, you're going to feel every gear. And they get worse as you go to higher horsepowers. Um, how are these? Like when you're in those higher horsepowers, are they still that smooth on the road? Um, it depends on the, I mean, once again, that all comes down to the tuning. We can make a comp trans, you know, via track, a factory TCM tune, shift like factory, very, very similar. But when you're dealing with higher horsepower, especially when you get into that, you know, eight, 900 horse range, they're going to have to shift firm, especially a wide open throttle. Right. The good thing about the 6.7 TCM is, is it does allow us to map uh, a lot of the parameters as far as your oncoming pressures, slip times, you know. I mean, they have so many tables in there to where if you spend enough time with them, you can make them shift very good at mild th- throttle inputs, and you can make them shift very, very aggressive at high throttle inputs. And that that's one of the cool things that you don't get with especially, you know, the older 48s or something like that where, you know, it's either set on kill or it's set on tow and you're just stuck with whatever you wanted to live with, <laughs> um, you know. And, and even so with some of the 5Rs and stuff when we were doing the old pump mods and, and manually jumping the pressure up, uh, you know, you, you actually had to turn the pressure down in the program and so it would shift smooth. And, you know, believe it or not, we don't do any manual pressure increases in the valve body in a 6R. Really? Oh, wow. I mean, none. Absolutely. Which is uh, which is a pretty much a testament to the ability of the engineers from the factory and how far they've came in the in the in the fluid flow and, and the control systems of these automatic transmissions for the older models. I mean, you know, there there is very little. The valve body is so much smaller and so much less complex than even the previous Model 5R110. The pump itself has less moving parts in it, and everything in that transmission is roller-bearing, even the pump. Oh, really? Pump, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's impressive. You know, they, they've came a long ways in transmission design, you know, because an E4OD, we're talking in the 80s, a 4R100 in the 90s, and a 5R110. They're all, to an extent, built off the same platform, just evolved and evolved and evolved. I mean, and you can take an input shaft out of an E4OD or a 4R100 and a 5R110, and they're all identical. Right. You know, they're, they're all very similar. A 6R140 is a totally new evolution of automatic transmissions. And, you know, like its little brother, the 6R80, which is in the Mustangs, 
I don't know if anybody's heard about what those do. They're bad I mean, motherfuckers. There, there's, uh, there's cars in the nines on a yep. stock transmission. I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. what they hold. Uh, a buddy so, of mine, a buddy of mine has one of the newer Mustangs, a built motor, a twin turbo setup, and you know, uh, we were talking about that. He bought the car built, and we were talking about the trans, and he goes, "Yeah, we did a couple little things, but the stock transmissions they'll hold nines, tens all day long. Like they, they are actually robust <laughs> at that power level, and it's crazy to think." So that those transmissions are little brother, big brother scenario, correct? Correct. That's, yeah, I mean that's it's the thing. That, you know, whatever they were doing when they were designing these, they were thinking, uh, you know, a little bit further ahead, not looking back at the old design, saying, what can we use from this to put it in, in our new transmission? <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they literally they literally share nothing, and, and which is nice. Um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, they've pretty much improved on just about every single area of the transmission, in my opinion, uh, versus the previous models. And... Uh, uh, it's surprising for what they're able to do in factory form. It just means in modified form, they do that much better. Awesome. That's awesome. Morgan, I definitely appreciate you taking out some time to talk to our listeners today about the 6R140 and share all of your knowledge about it. Is there anybody you would like to give a shout out to? Oh boy, that's a good one. Or if somebody <laughs> wanted to get in contact with you to f- learn more about a 6R140, I how would, could they reach you? I would say if anybody has any questions, um, you know, they're more than welcome to give us a call here at Midwest Diesel and Auto. Uh, we're, we have guys on the phones all the time. We keep these transmissions in stock. And if anybody has a question about their truck, what they want to do with it, their 6R140, what it can handle, feel free to give us a call. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, we'd be glad to uh, glad to help anybody out who's got a question or or anything further than that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Guys, this has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You could also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. stuff and squealing and chirping and squawking and that's uh, if, if you hear that you're already too late <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>